on this week's Off the Back Fence NFL Week 11 recap. We dive into all the games. We talk a little bit about the NFC East and why it's the most competitive, even though all teams are below 500 by a long shot. We talk a little EPL. Both our sides are currently on top. Spurs doing a little bit better with goal difference. And we have Mark McGuire back after a few weeks. Talk Origin 3 recap, little NRL recap for the year. Uh, that and a little bit more. So stick around and enjoy the show. Alright, alright. Welcome back to another episode of Off the Back Fence with Woz and Coomsey. Coomsey, mate, how are we doing? Big weekend. I saw you were doing a bit down at Urban Surf, so you got out of the house. Just got out of the house, got a couple of, spent a couple of um, barrels in the green room, as you would say, and just lying down on the bodyboard enjoying myself. So it was a good weekend. So you didn't actually surf. You're not a surfer, are you? No, bodyboard. It's a lot easier on the knees and body generally. <laughs> Spoken like a true old man. Mate, another big weekend of sport. It's definitely quiet and down. Um, big thing, obviously. 2020 is saved. Queensland won the state of origin, but we will be speaking with good friend, recurring guest now, Mark Maguire, aka Sparky. He'll be coming on a bit later. Fun, fun interview as per usual. Uh, so, uh, it's it's so it's always fun speaking to Mark, or as he likes to call me, Spudrick going forward. So terrible. Um, other than that, mate, we've. Pretty quiet sports week. Cricket is next week, so we'll dive a bit further into that next week when everything's flowing. Uh, we'll stick to a bit of NFL week 11 uh, in the books bar the Monday night game. So that's Tampa Bay and uh, I've lost Tampa it. Bay and the LA Rams. Ah, that'll in be a fantastic Tampa. match. That'll be a fantastic matchup. Both teams in the hunt for playoff spots. So, uh, but mate, big, big weekend. A few upsets, but. None so more than probably the most fraudulent team in all of uh, NFL is the Baltimore Ravens going down to the uh, Tennessee Titans 30-24 to 24 this morning. Mm. Yeah, just something's going like... Um, there was an interview earlier last week about how Lamar Jackson thinks certain teams have caught onto their play calling and with empty stadiums this year, um, you can see a lot of teams are struggling with the heart, their counts and a lot of yep. teams are now picking it. Because I think today, in the to change games quickly, in the Raiders Chiefs game, Derek Carr was calling out basketball players who were left-handed when they decide to um, run left or right plays. Yeah, well, there you go. But even so, like yeah, going back to the Baltimore Ravens, like their offensive coordinator Greg Roman. Now he was the mastermind behind the offense for the San Francisco 49ers when Kaepernick was there, and. Teams were starting to find out how the 49ers were running the offense by the end of it before obviously Kaepernick getting blacklisted and Roman moving on. But it's not a good look when you're QB. He openly said it to Rich Eisen, which I think like it was an innocuous question essentially, but he was very open about it, which is quite surprising, especially with a sport like the NFL. Um, Most things are quite secretive and you don't want to give too much away because things can be found out. So... Uh, but yeah, Tennessee coming from behind. I'm pretty sure that was an OT game. They came from out of nowhere to claim it. Uh, Panthers rolled. The Browns got over over the hapless Eagles. The, another upset, Patriots getting done by the Texans. Now, are they done? Yes, I'm putting the done chain on the Patriots for the season. I think just losing half your defensive core, the stand down to Corona, injuries, no Julian Edelman, who's real. Realistically, they're number one. Why they are just yeah, also, things aren't also, going their way. Also, their number one QB. Let's not remember that. Let's yeah. forget that. Sorry. Um, also, it's a bit hard to cop an L when your quarterback rolls in looking like the yodeler from The Price Is Right. Oh, Do you mate. see that? No, I just I didn't get to see yeah. any of that this week. But yeah, Cam Newton's dress sense is um, to be questioned. Let's just say that. Something else, but it, it's very tough, especially to dress like that, and then go in and get absolutely pants by the three and seven Texans now. What uh, happened to the, the old sti- club polo and the j- club polo pants and a pair of boots to turn up in? 
rolling in with a ciggy in mouth, blue Powerade, obviously a touch of the hangover from the Saturday night before. Eating a banana just to say, hey, guys, I'm here because I'm healthy today. <laughs> that was my treat. If I was hungover, shit, I'd have a banana just to prove yeah. that, hey, my mind's on the game. That's exactly right. Uh, Steelers roll. They're now 10-0, and 0, uh, best record in all of uh, the NFL. They've got the number one spot in the AFC just uh, ahead of the Chiefs. Uh, like you mentioned today, the Chiefs had a good win over the Raiders in Las Vegas. Saints with that, with Taysom Hill under center going to win 24-9. Now, I was a bit upset Jameis didn't get a start. Mm. Would have been I a full game. Would have been a full game of his with the LASIK. So it would have been actually good to see if that actually helped him. But Taysom Hill ran, I think he rushed for two TDs and ran that offense like it was his own. So I think they've got a fantastic succession plan down there in New Orleans. Yeah, I think the, I think this was his go chance to actually show, hey, this is what I'm going to do now. So this is my team because I don't think Drew Brees will be back this year. No, well, it started off as apparently a, a busted shoulder, which has turned into 11 broken ribs. So I don't know how and you get, bunch, go from that. Lung. Yeah, I think Sean Payton's just doing it for fun now. I think the yeah. coach is just he's in on it. Uh, we'll talk a bit of the NFC East separately. Uh, the Broncos had a good win up at Mile High against the Dolphins. Two are getting benched, you mentioned off mic. Yes, two are getting benched after being sacked. Nine times or six times, I can't remember. But I get confused with those uh, numbers some days. So you are dyslexic sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I, did, I didn't have the special glasses on to read that. So yeah, two are getting benched. <laughs> two are getting benched. Um, <laughs> for yeah, after getting getting sacked a few times, Fitzmagic back couldn't really do what Fitzmagic does well and just pulls the rabbit out of the hat. But yeah, Definitely. Dolphins lose no, a winnable game. Which is, and I think, is good for the Broncos too. They've got a few big defensive players out, such as Von Miller. He did his ACL or Achilles as one of the two uh, early in the preseason, and Bradley Chubb, I'm pretty sure, is out too. One of their great defensive linemen. So good win for the Broncos at home. Uh, Chargers beat the hapless Jets, so they're the complete opposite of the uh, Steelers. Uh, they're definitely got Trevor Lawrence, but if I was Trevor Lawrence, I'd just have another year at Clemson. So, oh, mate, just take. I wouldn't even. Like, I'd love to, like, play in New York, but realistically, every New York team is just a dumpster fire. The Yankees are nearly, I think they've got the reverse curse of the great Bambino going on. Um, The Mets are just garbage. The Giants are garbage. The Rangers are just garbage. The less we say about the Knicks, the better. They're just, they're just a... Hey, 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 I've got something for you. We might touch on that after this, though, but uh, ain't no stopping Obi Toppin for New York Knicks, baby. Still Mate, there's a t- no, that's the T-shirt, dude. Wear that with pride. You've got the best play- college player from last year. Yeah, because he's uh, 28. He's 22. <laughs> Stop over-exaggerating. Christ. Um, last couple of games, Colts ro- uh, got over the Packers in overtime. Packers came back with a late... Uh, late fourth quarter drive. Aaron Rodgers again doing his thing, but just fell short. Uh, the Colts for real. The Colts, yeah, they're tied for in the AFC South for top of the table. I yeah, Phil Riversley looks like he's got a new lease on life since getting out of Saint LA, and they've just got a good little team, and they just grow. They're just playing tough football. They're not flashing. They're not anything. They're just getting down, doing the downs, and winning games. Just good Midwestern football, to be honest. Like, I've never knocked the Colts. I've always enjoyed watching them. But, like, fun fact, fun one today, their goal, their kicker has the rec specs. He has the full sunglasses in the helmet. He kicked four field goals, including the game winner today. He was unbelievable. Uh, probably... No surprise the Chiefs got over the Raiders in Las Vegas uh, and the Cowboys surprisingly got up over the Vikings, which is just the Vikings being the Vikings, really. Yeah, and the other big news of the day was Joe Burrow getting um, injured, torn ACL out for the rest of the season because of that O-line of his couldn't look up, do what they have to do best and try to protect their their QB. Yeah, that, that pocket collapsed pretty quickly it was such a very bad hit too uh so he being the number one draft pick obviously a lot of pressure but he through the nine games that he was a part of he was 
he had the most or the second most passing attempts for a QB. The only one ahead of him was Tom Brady, who's obviously played an extra game. Uh, man, it, it's tough to see. I love I love Joey Burrow. Like watching him at LSU, Ohio State. That was like that was a thing too. A few Ohio State players that are on the Washington team that came over and um, just checked on him as he was getting carted off, yeah. which was a fantastic touch. So. Chase Young and Chase Young's an absolute beast, by the way. I'd love to have him on my team, but yeah. but, but yes. one of our one of our talking points. We're talking about it off mic. The NFC East is dead set one of the weirdest but most competitive divisions in the league. It's a tipster's nightmare. Like, the leading team for the NFC East is the Philadelphia Eagles, who lost today. They're 3-6-1, and one, and they're leading the division where all other teams are 3-7. and seven. The draw with Cincinnati has saved them for the number one pick, currently having a home final. I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. <laughs> it's just, I'm dumbfounded. I'm just sitting here thinking now, what are they going to do? Like, somehow, do, do the Cowboys go on a run now? They've got the Ginger Ninja back. Or, My boy. Um, do Philadelphia get some magic? Oh, God help it. If New York somehow pull, pull the um, rabbit out of the hat or the team formerly known as the R-Words somehow just keep winning on that shitty, shitty turf of theirs. Yeah, I I heard something today on another podcast and it makes a lot of sense. It was something along the lines of it's like the less time that Carson Wentz has the ball in his hands, the better chance the Eagles have of winning. Mm. Like, and it sort of makes sense, funnily enough. Like, if he gets rid of the ball early enough to his wide receivers, make them do the work so he's got no thinking music, essentially. Yeah. Uh, it's It's... It's complete opposite of Ben Roethlisberger, for example, who has all the time in the world with a fantastic O-line and can make the right choices with the wide receiving core he's got. Man, it's... I don't know. The NFC East has always been in a bit of enigma. The lo- <laughs> That's okay. I'll edit that out. Uh, it's a bit of an enigma. It's... I don't know. It used to be such a very good competitive... But it's still competitive, but on the opposite scale. And this is also a great argument for the NRL who want to implement a wildcard system by rewarding a mediocre team. This is what will happen. There's yeah, no point. There's, there's no point to it. You'll get this. You'll have. You could be playing a home final in Philadelphia in the middle of January. No one wants and to be like, in Philadelphia in a bloody snow, in a blizzard. If anybody remembers their Super Bowl run, I'm pretty sure they had a, either a wild card spot or they got the fourth seed like they are this year. Mm. And they just went on that underdog run, which took them all the way to winning the Super Bowl against the Pats. Like, you don't want to go to Philadelphia. I've been to Philly. I've been to where the stadiums are. They're in the boondocks. It's, it's not friendly. That's for damn sure. And I'm not too sure if Lincoln Financial's got the same uh, vibe as the... Uh, veteran Stadium back in the 70s where it was like Section 501 or the 700s or something where it was just shit was getting thrown. There was fist fights. Batteries was being thrown. Yeah, like it was an absolute gong show for a lot better sense of it. Uh, but yeah, the last game of the round uh, happening on our Tuesday, but the Monday night game down in Tampa, the Bucks versus the Rams. Any tips? What are we feeling? Um, Bucks. To win, wouldn't go bucks to win on money. Um, Gronk to get a TD and possibly, let's say, Leonard for that to get a TD. It's not too bad. I'm going to go with Big Mike Evans for any time. I think the I think I'll give the I reckon I give the Rams the spread. I'm pretty sure they're the outsiders against the Tampa Bay Bucks, but I reckon I go I give them the points and see how they go. Mate, moving on, uh, we'll go across. The water. We'll go to the EPL. Uh, <laughs> good weekend. Good weekend for both our sides, mate. We're yep. top of the league. Mine a little bit further north of yours due to points differential or goal differential because there's no other points in, than goals in soccer. Uh, we had a great win against City. And you guys had a fighting win against uh, Leicester. Mate, we had a fucking dominant win against Leicester. Clean sheet. 
Now, they're now, now, undefeated since Big Verge went down with that unfortunate tackle. So you're telling me with that that James Milner's, Milner's your new centre back for life, yeah? No, no, no. It's right back. Milner's missed to fix it. Right now, <laughs> he's probably waking up in Liverpool, having a nice cup of tea, just enjoying himself, go through his rehab, take the blood of a young Thai man so he has another 10 years of career. And then, yeah, but Liverpool <laughs> just chugging on now. It's, Diego Yotta, everyone thinking $40 million for a man who scored seven goals. But he scored seven goals this season already for Liverpool. You got we didn't have Mark, we didn't have Salah, we haven't had, didn't have Henderson, Thiago. We, mate, you can, you just, can rattle off the names, dude. I don't know. We're mind. down Go 15 injuries. So whatever anyone wants to throw at us, we're coming. And looking forward to playing Spurs in a couple of weeks. Which will probably beat us, so it's oh, all good. Fucking <laughs> failed. Uh, did Bale even play this week? No, he didn't need to, mate. We we got we got useless. City. He's useless. Fun. F- Would you like to know a fun fact about Spurs? What? Hugh Human uh, Son, or how do you ever say it? Sonny, nine goals for the season. Arsenal, nine goals total through all their fucking players. I, I don't care. Arsenal suck. He's a fun They're fact. De- Son's going to be in fucking Fabiano's pocket all night long. Go away. We've got a couple of weeks until that. We've got Chelsea coming up. I think you guys have. I've hit the wrong. We've got a pretty easy draw. You've got Brighton Hove, so you won't get past Matty Ryan. He's he's a mental midget. I heckled him at the um, A League final of the first time, Raw one. Yeah, but you fucking heckle anybody, dude. Come on, let's let's be honest. Yeah, well, you the only person that strength. the only per, the only person that you've gotten the head on is Jonathan Trott, who left after the first test that year. Oh, God, had a few people. I get my own head, but pretty well. Yeah, you, you think to yourself, you're like, you know what? That would be good to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you've yeah, um, got Tottenham, Chelsea next week. Yeah, there's some good games next week, but yeah, the EPLs are really starting to shape up. It is, yeah. I think another international break really slowed it up for a bit, mm. but it's starting to ramp back up, which is good. It's it's about this time of the year where, like, with fall. rugby league being in such a yeah, with rugby league being in such a weird time, it's sort of thrown my calendar out essentially. But man, it's starting to ramp up. It's good. Well, I just need a couple of decent time games at night, so I'm not getting up at four a.m. to watch a nil or draw. Can't wait. I don't mind this daylight savings thing in um, Melbourne. A lot of the games are on at 6.15 in the morning, so I'm watching a game on the way to work on the tram or even, let's just say it, if I'm working and by myself, I might throw a bit of KO on and uh, watch a bit of NFL as well. None of your none of your work colleagues listen to this, do they? Yeah, no, nah, Nick does. Nick, Nick's, Nick's worse than anyone. Nick gambles all day after... <laughs> Nick's the most useless employee <laughs> after 12 o'clock on a Saturday. Oh, that's so good. Um, not much else has been happening. I think there was a little bit of Super League, but we won't touch on that. Um, Man, we might throw it over to the interview with Sparky, actually. We've got a lot to talk about. We, we did a talk a bit of Origin. We'll do a bit of a wrap with the NRL. It, it's been a big year. It's been a weird year, so we'll throw it over to Mark. Yeah. yeah. Broncos 2021. We'll- yeah, we will talk about that. I reckon so. Oh, actually, we'll touch on that also. The uh, preseason kicked off for a few clubs uh, this week. I've already, I've already, you've already sent me a photo of one Broncos player absolutely giving his breakfast straight back to the ground. Oh, I hate pre. I hate. I have nightmare. I, I refused in the last couple of years before of my glorious soccer career of mediocrity. I did not turn up to preseason training until at least the second week of January. <laughs> uh, I still got flogged regardless. That's what happens when you're a winger and you got a little bit of uh, fitness. So there's there's one t- here's one tip for everyone listening for pre- preseason training: fail your tests on purpose, even though you know you're fitter. Because when you do the second round of testing, it looks like you've had a lot big improvement. I'll tell you what, that's a good life hack for the average sportsman. Yeah, no, not bad. Not bad at all. I haven't do you beat testing just over the minimum amount and then by the time you week before the season you do the next beat test, you're hitting 14s with ease. 
<laughs> Very good. Yeah, we'll throw it over to Mark now. So I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. All right. Welcome back. Our first recurring guest, essentially. He messaged me last week after the Thursday, after the original Wednesday, wanted to have a yarn. So how could I deny him? Mark McGuire, welcome back. Friend of the show. Uh, friend, friend of the podcast. What, friend of the podcast and uh, definitely still busting heads on Reddit with, uh, with uh, <laughs> QAnon, mate. It's all happening. Uh, has, it, has it still popped off ever since Trump lost? Yeah, yeah. it's worse. Worse than ever. Fantastic. That's what I love to Don't hear. Democrats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mate, the only thing worse... Than, uh, than all that shit that's going on on there is the beard that Coombs is trying to run. What is going on there? That's awful, My mate. Beard. <laughs> mate, it's mate, a porn star Mo going into November. Yeah, but like, 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 I don't know about those cheeks, though, champion. Jesus Christ, you look like you should, should be down on Adelaide Street selling the big issue. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. It's a five o'clock shadow. Oh, it's, mate, it's, 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 it's an eight o'clock shadow. Oh, it's, that's that explains. Jesus, probably got fun. more hairs on your fucking feet than I do on my head. <laughs> it's it's nice of you to knuckles. it's nice of you to actually have a webcam for this uh, this podcast, mate. We didn't see you last time, so it's good to yeah. see you. Really now, good for the listeners to know that too, considering they can just listen to us. But well, anyway, that's I might all chuck good. this no up worries. on I might chuck this up on YouTube. Who knows? <laughs> Bring it, mate. You messaged me after Wednesday night. Obviously, we have a bit of a yarn about the footy. Uh, we won, so all, all is right in the world. How did you take the game? Yeah, look, it was um, a lot more nerve-wracking than I would have liked it have, to it have been. Oh, that um, last 10 minutes. If Al Holmes had to cat, learn how to catch, um, then we would have been up by 20. But uh, unfortunately, Val had an absolute shocker. Hmm. Um, normally, you know, that, lot, that, that second last one he dropped, well, maybe it was the last one where he actually had a smile one. on his face. Yeah, he had a smile on his face. He thought... Obviously, he thought to himself, "Oh, we've got this," and then, you know, full credit to him for spilling his lollies. He must have had five hundred on himself to not score two tries or something. I don't and know. Three tries. He had a hat trick. Was paid forty two dollars. Jesus yeah, Christ! He's gone yeah, the reverse. I can, that. I can, I can sort of forgive him for the first one because it was quite a tough pass from Gay Guy. The second one from Allen was an absolute dolly, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. But look, to be fair, you know, then the, the commentary coming out of it. I mean that. The news stories are still getting written on, written on NRL.com about how, you know, the 2021 Origin Series is going to be great because the Blues got embarrassed and blah, blah. Well, did they get embarrassed or did they just get beaten by a better fucking team? Because what I saw was them get beaten by a better team and a team that played better than them in two games. Well, maybe one and a half halves. And that's, what and, half and, and that's what it's seen in years gone by, that you only need a – a game and a half, essentially, to win it. 2007, exactly. 2007 was a perfect example where they the Blues were dominant in the first game and this first half of the second game. And then that second game, that second half, that's where JT kicked the sideline conversion with a busted shoulder and then Munster did the rest in game three. Like, it's it's what, it, it's what the jersey embodies for Queensland. It's like you throw blokes in who dream of wearing it and they do a job. Edric Lee, the Lee boys, all, all for yeah. them. Yeah. If, uh, did anyone catch the end of the nine commentary where basically Fatty, Wally, and Sammy just absolutely fed to Gallon about what it means to play for Queensland? Mm, Missed no. that. Don't really give a shit. But to be <laughs> fair, like, yeah, look, I, don't get me wrong. I, I love Fatty and, and Sammy and those boys, but they're, you know, they're just the NRL. The NRL coverage on nine is atrocious. It has been yeah. atrocious for a while. Yep. And it's not going to get any better anytime soon. No. I mean, you've just got a bunch of blokes on there who like to go too far. I mean, Fair Deck and Fat, Fat is, you know, he's a died on the walk Queenslander. We love him. But Fatty, mate, he, he just talks shit. He's never been a he's never been a football aficionado. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't want him to he's not gonna break down a game for you. Um Gallon's the same. I mean, he's just a he's fighting Mark Hunt, he's which is he's about to get oh, his yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, he's about to get his fucking brain turned into jelly. So he's his days talking on the TV are numbered. You, you should have heard what he said today. So I was watching the news and he just said, Everybody's expecting me to lose. So be it. If the worst that's the worst outcome. I was like, that's fucking loser talk <laughs> if I've ever heard it. Mate, Mate, you're no about one's to a, fucking, yeah. you're about to be put in a retirement home with fucking Mate, be to, for the rest of your life. You're about to eat jelly for the rest of your life, you dickhead. Or be oh. fed through a fucking feeding tube. 
But look, like the the start of the series, we were all you know all the talking points and all everything that was you know was coming out about how they had a SAR superior team and da da da. And I mean, look, it's hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But at the end of the day, I think what they forgot to think about is that Origin is played by the players, but there are two types of Origin players. There's players who play Origin, and then there's Origin players. And at the end of the series now, you can stand back and you can say without a shadow of a doubt that a guy like Lindsay Collins is a fucking origin player. He will not be able to – yeah, he will not be able to – and don't say that because Dylan Nupper fell off a fucking cliff in like his fourth year. But but Lindsay Collins came out there and just ripped in for three games and really off the bench, mate, like – some of those minutes, especially in game three, and the commentary team on Fox, because I watched the replay on Fox, were talking about, you know, Warren Smith was like, is there are there three Lindsay Collinses on there or is there just one? Because the work rate he got through hmm. um, was was immense. And it wasn't just wasn't just work rate, it was quality work. And that's where a guy I think like Payne Haas is getting let down, not only at origin level, but also at club level, because they're making him play big minutes at club level, and I think it. I don't think they get the best out of him. And you know, my the biggest thing you can say is a guy like uh, Jason Tamalolo can play eighty minutes a game, no dramas. You know, he's got the fitness on there. Yep. But the Cowboys are, know that he's more effective in two stints when he comes back on fresh in the second half, and he rips people to shreds. Payne Haas should be putting in quality minutes for the Broncos week in week out but not 80 minutes because he's being asked to do too much. And I, I get it. He's a freak. But just because he can do it doesn't mean it's the best idea. It's the quickest way. And I think we've discussed this earlier in the year that he will go into the ground. They'll run him into the ground. And I'm hoping to God that Kevy has realized that with preseason training and obviously his work rate, obviously they might, they might be having a breather because Origin only finished last week. But with some of the cattle have got there at Brisbane, you would just hope that there'd be some sort of better rotational policy with their forwards because under Seabold, it was shocking. Yeah, look, to get we're getting away from origin a little bit, but at the end of the day, mate, I mean, Kevy is going to be Kevy's a head coach. Yep. And so he's going to have to have people around him. They're going to have to give him the right give him the right advice and the right information. And, and you know, you look at – I look at the Origin series and I look at a couple of standout performances. I think Jake Friend was fucking immense. And people going around saying, you know, Damian Cook's a, a much better footballer than Jake Friend. Look, Damian Cook is a very, very good hooker and he is a very, very good attacking hooker. Jake Friend is tough as fucking nails. And you got to remember, he plays for the Roosters. He's the captain of the Roosters. They are a pretty decent squad. Mm. So – you know, and they have had pretty good success over the last few years. So, you know, and Cook, to be fair, only really got going at the end of this year. He really didn't start that crash hot. And he's had years where he's really dominated. But I break – look, boys, I'm a stats man, right? The film don't lie. <laughs> so you break down the stats. And Cookie played all but two minutes and of all of those games. He only ran the ball 29, 35 times. No, 36 times. He ran the ball 36 times in three games. Now, look, that's not enough for a guy like Damian Cook. So if you if you say to me, you got Teddy at the back and Cookie in the middle and you got a big forward pack that are supposed to be able to run through the middle of Queensland, you should attack the middle third of the field. They didn't do that. No. So they went away from where they probably could have actually done some damage if you think, okay, well, we've got a better front row, we've got a better hooker, our lock, you know, our lock's supposed to be better. Mate, Fasuma Wale played fucking all over Travojevic. Travoy- did Travojevic do anything in the three games? I mean, I don't think he did. I think he's a sympathy well, pick just because he had a couple. Yeah, that, yeah, it's a sympathy pick. I think it's just, it's laziness yeah. from Fittler, essentially, just picking him in the same spot, especially now that they've got that much depth at hooker. Obviously, this year, Murray getting injured in game one and Victor Radley being out for the whole year, those probably would have been your top two picks for the number 13 for New South Wales. Okay. Yeah, look, look, boys, Travojevic did have two games where he hit over 50 tackles. Um, Tino put in 34 in the third game and 26 in the first two. But, mate, I'll tell you where Tino gets the edge. Mate, he had 17 hit-ups in the first game and 14 in second and third. 
Mate, Trevojevic had 10 in the first game, 9 in the second game, and 15 in the third. So Tino's work rate on average over the three games was better than Trevojevic's, and he did it in less minutes. Yeah. No, you're right. So, and, and, and good work rate too. So, you know, he's 20 years old. He's, he's enormous. He's, he's aggressive. Wayne Bennett's really big on him. You know, Wayne said in that press conference, you know, we got 10 more years of this kid. I mean, how good is that? Mm. Um, you know, look, the, 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 the key to the game three, I think, I mean, Teddy going down was big for them yep. because they, Teddy, they relied on Teddy too much. Teddy had, break the game open for mate, Teddy had 54 runs combined in the first two games, mm. 54 in the first two games. So he goes down in the 20th minute, you know, they've lost however many metres. He, he puts up 200-plus metres a game easily. Um, they lose that, and then they've got a guy like they got – like I don't – like I think Daniel Saifidi is a good front rower. I just don't think he's – I just don't think he's that origin front rower that you need that's going to give you good quality minutes. So yep. he, he gave them minutes, but were they quality minutes? Um you yeah. got to remember too, and, and they talk about, oh, the fucking teams were, you know, their team was so much better. Josh Papali was playing for Queensland and, and arguably been the best prop this year by a fucking pretty decent margin. Yeah. And every week pretty much carried a Raiders forward pack on his back and that's a decent Raiders forward pack, boys. Like there's some blokes in that team that can just flat out play. Mm. And Josh was head and shoulders the leader of that pack. So, you know, the halves combination, you know, with Daily Cherry Evans and Cameron Munster are the incumbent Australian halves. And yeah. you just it just showed too that this momentum game that you play, a guy like Cam Munster doesn't need momentum to create momentum. He can just do it. He's a freak. Mm. Daily, the first half of the first game, he was average. Wayne pulled him aside, told him to stop being a fucking idiot and just go forward, and he did. Got your man just in the match. Play- Play more direct. Got the ban of the match call. Thank you very much. Apart that from hurt. the Fox score on that last try, <laughs> I would have had the margin too. But uh, look, you know, like that—that's where it all comes down to, boys. Is you know, you can they can all the pundits can sit there and talk all fucking day about how oh they got a better team on paper. Well, paper doesn't win you the game, bro. Right. And all your fancy headlines in the newspapers and all your talking points on the TV and all the call-in radio station shit—that ain't gonna win you the game between the white lines and it comes down to coaching and Wayne fucking out coached Freddie and Wayne's team of coaches out coached Freddie and Bedsy and Greg Alexander, who should just go away and never come back. (laughs) Um, I've been, look, Brandy was a great player and Brandy's probably a decent bloke to talk to when it comes to an outside back getting advice if they're coming through, because he could do it all. But Brandy's a shit Fucking fucking person, and I'll, I'll and the reason why I say that is the way that the Panthers threw Anthony Griffin to the Wolves, whether or not Anthony Griffin's a good coach or not, is fucking regardless, doesn't matter. Yeah. But they sat there point blank on Fox this year and they asked Greg Alexander what happened in the boardroom, and you know, did this occur? The reports are that this happened between Gus and the coach, and he wouldn't say a word. He towed the fucking company line. He wouldn't man up and take responsibility for his actions as a board member. So fuck Greg Alexander. Fuck Bedsy. Fuck Freddie. We won. Stick it up your ass for another yes, year, you pricks. That's, that's what we're chasing. Um, now, you put in a good point with Daniel Saifidi, and I wanted to bring it, but did they pick the wrong Knights prop? Now, I know Clemmer. I think they picked the wrong part, pack and parts. Like missing Wade Graham is a huge – he's that origin player. Yeah. I agree. The, with Clement yeah. too, I think he ruled – I don't know if he ruled himself out for injury to actually get like clean-out surgery or whatever it was for his knees or whatever, but I thought I thought I heard also that he was on the outer with Freddie. Something happened at the start of the series about Clemmer didn't get picked because he dropped his bottom lip in camp last year or something, yeah. so yeah. it must have been a personality yeah. thing. Look, Clem, Clem's been a bit up and down this year too. So has Saifidi. That Knights team has been peaks and troughs it's like – one week mm. they look like they could win the whole thing, and the next week they lose to the Cowboys. So, yeah. like you just you, you don't know. You got to remember too that they had a guy they had a guy on the bench named Reagan Campbell Gillard in the squad who didn't get a game. That's right. Um, yeah, and for you know for a large part of the year, the Eels were very good this year, and, and he didn't get a start. Um, mate, let's 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 call it out. Like they picked 
two full. They picked a center. They picked a five eight and a fullback to play in the centers. Yeah. And Kurt Catewell's my new favorite human. He made <laughs> Gutho. He made Gutho look like he was back playing under seventeens. He, yeah. he destroyed Gutho. And White and got caught out of position a bit too much too. Mm. You know, at, you want to look back on it now and say, should you have just put Whiten's the Dally M player of the year and you put him out of position? Yeah. Um, like, yeah, what are we doing? And Branko and then Lee you, made him very quiet. Branko did, mate. But Frank, Branko did that to a lot of good centres this year for Melbourne. Yeah. You know, and, and it helped have an Edric on the wing mm. to, to those two boys to debut together. And you, you hear the story after the game. Uh, Wayne, that's why all the players love Wayne is because he called out, you know, it, it's a tough year for Branko. He lost his mum and his dad. You know, they would have loved to have been there to see him. I'm sure he would have loved to have him there. You know, that's why the players love Wayne. There's a personal touch to it. Yeah, yeah. He's he, he's not he's not the hard taskmaster or the master tactician that he is now. He's more, like You saw it after the first game where in the sheds after that win, he was loving loving it, dancing, carrying on. Like He was like he was 18 again. Yeah, mate. And, and you know, like the I look at the blue – I look at some of the other selection choices for New South Wales and, and I, I mean, you know – um, not picking Stephen Crichton to have a crack. Yep. If Stephen Crichton was a Queenslander, he would have been playing. Oh, like yeah. 100%. Because yep. of the season he had. He, he would have had a start in the centres for sure. Yep. Um, wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have played Zach Lomax. I don't think he did enough for the Dragons this year. Um, Jerome Luai was there as a development. He had a good year for the Panthers, but, you know, they were a pretty good team this I year. Don't th- I don't think his game would really go well in origin either. either. No, no, no. Daniel Tupo made off. You know, he was targeted by Queensland in the third game and he was obviously targeted for a reason because they must have thought of that back three, he was the weak link and that was correct, he was. And, and you know, Daniel Tupo has scored a lot of tries for the Roosters and he's played in a very good Roosters team. But I've said it before, Wazza, and I know you don't like it when I say it, but he's just a winger and they're not, they just hang out with footballers. But you had, they had a guy, they had a guy on the bench uh, in the squad named Nick Kotrick, who's pretty handy when he gets going for the Raiders. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, having – but my biggest – and I said this, I think, in the first one was, well, how do you not pick David Nofaluma? Like, I mean, yeah. I just don't – I don't understand how you don't pick David Nofaluma. Like, once again, if he was a Queenslander, he would have been playing in the Origin Series. That's it. Um, like Kyle Felt would have been picked if he wasn't injured. That's, that's it. exactly right. You know, yeah. Cole and, – and Kyle Felt would have scored those three tries. Um, in the corner, and Valentine Holmes, you know, who cares? Um, he's, he's still got first try, which is fantastic anyway. that That's that's the biggest lock since Corey Oates back in 2015 for the Broncos. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Look, I, I think that Freddie too, I think Freddie, yeah, he went into, I don't think he played to the, I think he played to the conditions in the Sydney game with the big the four big blokes on the bench because Sydney generally is a little bit more of a slower track. The grass is a little bit longer because they don't know how to operate a fucking lawnmower. Um, that stadium doesn't really get much breeze, so the the grass can get a bit dewy. It wasn't in July, though, like it normally would be, so, you know, it's November. Is it different? Whatever. But i tell you what, when I walked into Suncorp on Wednesday last week, fuck, she was a fast track. You could tell if you, if you were there, if that was a racetrack, that would have been a fast fucking whatever they are, fast two. That would have been a dead set fast two. You don't normally see those at the races, but that was a fast track. And a guy like Ryan Pappenhausen would have done some absolute damage for the middle of the ruck. Which I was um, thankful they didn't get picked. Thank Christ. You know, thank Christ they did. Thank Christ they fucked that up. I mean, you only look at how good Harry Grant played through the middle and Pappenhausen's yeah. twice as fast as Harry Grant. Pappenhausen's mm. twice as fast as everybody. Yeah. Um, baby, young baby goat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mate, and, and, like, and let's talk about Harry. I mean, another player, he's only had half, like 60 minutes in origin, origin player. He's an origin player. Yeah. The big moment yeah. doesn't get to him. He just goes out there and does his job. Um, that, that was the thing. I watched the highlights afterwards, and as he ran out and they were lined up for the anthem, he was laughing. Like he was just in a happy mood, and that's what you want from a footballer because you know the nerves aren't with him. Like he is ready to go. He's got a job to do. He's not focused. He's just having fun, which is fantastic. 
Yeah. And, that, yeah. and then you had the polar opposite of Lindsay Collins look like he was about to kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, yeah. Or shitting razor blades. That's, what, that's, how I, that's how I was comparing him to Dylan Napper when he – he used to light up Origin like you didn't know oh, if he was, what he was thinking. Was he going to kill when, you or was he going to yeah. hug you? Dill, I still remember when Dill, when Dill really set himself apart when he when he took on Gallon that night mm. um, against the Sharks and everyone was looking at him. Who is that guy? And that that guy's gone now. I mean, you just you can't operate at that level for you know x amount of years. It's, it's very rare for a you know you you got to be a player a like a Bulldogs pack. Like a Waria Hargraves, who's been like that for his whole career, but he's a different level of human being, you know. And he's a uh, different breed. He is. He is. Look, another thing to another thing to call out too, boys, is the two to the two states took a twenty seven took two twenty seven man squads in, and the Blues used twenty players. Mm. So you've got twenty blokes playing three games in three weeks, three games in fourteen days, essentially, and Queensland used twenty four. So mm. some of those were for because of injury, of course. You know, we had some blokes get ruled out. Um, uh, Brimson got ruled out. Cordner got ruled out. Yeah. Um, so a couple of blokes missed out from injury. But essentially, New South Wales, I don't think, used their depth enough. I think that maybe their recoveries and everything, they might have maybe. It was like they tried to just pick, like, they tried to do what they did last year by picking the best 17 players and just trying to force them into one team without even thinking of that chemistry. Yeah, and and also you got to remember the travel too. So both teams had to travel to Adelaide on day of game. We travelled to New South Wales day of game and then they travelled up here day of game. Now, that the, the, the clubs have been doing that all year. So the players, you know, Freddie said the players didn't really care, but Queensland travelled twice in two weeks and then got to stay at home and jump on a bus and drive down to Suncorp. That would have made them a little bit fresher, I think. Plus, using a few extra players, um, you know, I think all that helps. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a there's a couple of blokes who you got to call out that you know really, dang gay guy. I mean, uh, he is just Wayne said it too. He probably needs to put his Maroons jersey on under his South jersey every week because he's just outstanding. He just never plays badly in that jersey. No. Um, he's, he's been unbelievable since his debut. I remember being in the bloody somewhere in the Mediterranean during 2015 on Yacht Week, listening to ABC Grandstand, obviously him scoring first try. And then it's just been like that was the game where they smashed New South Wales 52 to 6. And ever since then, he's been a staple of the team. He's taken on more of a leadership role and he performs. He performs every year in, year out. doesn't matter if he was in a shit Knights team or in an underperforming South team. He is on with that Maroons jersey yeah. on. It's, it's, it's yeah. incredible. Because any, any other year, he would have won the Wally Lewis medal. Oh, yeah. Easily. yeah. But By the length like of the Game straight. one, I reckon he was very close to man of the match. And game two is the best player we had on the team. Mm. And then just he got unlucky that Munster – Decided he wanted to have a good end of season, start his end of season early. Yeah, and you you got to also you know read the news through the week too before Origin one when Munster rang Wayne and said Wayne I want to have an extra day with the boys we just won the grand final and Wayne hung up on him <laughs> you know and and everyone thinks about how Wayne's this you know people's coach and man, he has players coach and da 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 he is but you know you don't win that many games of football as a coach if you don't if you're not a serious competitor. Yeah, And it means something to him. You know, he played for Queensland and he played for Australia back in, you know, the dark ages because he's 876 years old. Yeah. But, you know, and, and, he's, and it's meant something to him for a long time. And so, you know, to be able to work with the younger blokes and, you know, obviously is keeping him fresh and, and he did a re- – you got to remember, boys, he did a freaking good job with South this year. Like they were humming at the right time of the year. Yeah. He had he had blokes who sometimes you know blokes like Reynolds and Walker get called out for going missing in the important moments. Well, they didn't really do that this year. They they really played few that those five or six weeks before the finals. They were humming. Mm. He had that team cranking, and he you know he had no, he lost his he lost Latrell. He had to put Corey Allen at the back. He lost a few other blokes, and he they still had to just keep rumbling through. That's it. 
we may move actually we want to do a bit of a wrap of the year too like how do how did you actually take the year obviously post the eight week break i think it was back to empty stadiums bit of a revised schedule how did you take the full year from nrl through Look, it was. I think it was a bit more than that too. I think it wasn't just the break. It was the change in the rules during the break too with the speed yep. of the ruck changing and, and the, the gameplay changing. And it just goes to show too how the coaches and the players can adapt when you really throw a bit of a challenge at them. And, and teams did it better than others. The Roosters came back absolutely on fire. Penrith came back absolutely on fire. The Parramatta Eels came back absolutely mm. on fire. And then other teams got going later in the year. Melbourne sort of started to work it out and South started to work it out. And there were points during the year where you thought, you know, the Knights looked pretty good there for a few, for a couple of stretches. The Titans finished the year really, really strong. The Warriors. Only a couple, the Warriors too, you know, and they were tough, mate. And, I mean, you got to feel for them too just to do what they did, just to stay. Why would you stay? Yeah, exactly. Um, they're only getting half pay. Like people forget, they're getting fucking half pay. They weren't even getting their full salary. Yeah. So, um, you know, there were a couple of teams that didn't work it out, namely the Broncos and the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, and oh. there were also like teams like the Sharks who have got some serious issues with an old roster, a rookie, co- a seriously rookie coach. Yeah. And obviously, if you read the news through the week, look, I thought the season, I thought they did the kudos to the NRL. Um, Philandis came out and said we're going to be back on May 28 and he was back they were back so you know they they did what they had to do they put the protocols in place they got the sport back on on the telly they did all the negotiating they needed to do the game itself is better now Um, it's a momentum game and you look at the origin spectacle and you say well holy shit like and Daily Cherry Evans said it after game one that was fast mate that was really fast yeah so I think as a spectacle, the game's better to watch. I think the referees are being less scrutinised because they're calling six again instead of blowing penalties. Yep. So there's not as much stop-start. Um, the referees, I think, are becoming more confident. Towards the end of the year, they get a bit nervous like they normally do and they start shitting the bed in the final series. I'd, but, you know, take yeah. a look with the bat. Yeah, hopefully. Um, what's your thoughts on having Origin in one neutral si- City every year. I don't care, mate. I don't care. It doesn't matter where you play Origin. They can go and play yeah. it in Bathurst. If they play it in Alice Springs. I don't give a shit. Just as long as it's on the telly and I can watch it and I've, there's one in Brisbane. I don't care. Don't don't play it on a bloody circle field. That's the one thing that lets it down. <laughs> Look, I've actually been to – so I was at the Origin in 06 when Lockie took the intercept, the one that we yeah. won that series. And it was played at Amy uh, at the at um, now it's Marvel, Marvel Stadium. Yeah. yeah, it used to be Eddie Had Stadium. It's Marvel Had. Stadium. Yeah, mate, it was fucking awesome. I'll be honest with you. Like it was really good. Um, I don't really. Apparently, it's harder to know where the sideline is when you're kicking for forty twenties. That's that's a player's problem, not a fan's problem. Like work it out. Go out there and fucking look at it. Get an the field's AFL still the same size. Yeah, like I am, it ha- gives a I shit. am happy that Origin's going to be in. Um, Melbourne next year because that gives me two bites of the cherry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, that, Melbourne, that, mean, that, Melbourne, that means you're home. Melbourne, ho- Melbourne hosting Origin is great because the Melbourne Storm are down there. Melbourne people, like Victorians fucking love sport. Like they, they watch tennis. Hate, and they hate New South Wales as much as Queenslanders do. Exactly. Because, yeah, because New South Wales are shit. So um, <laughs> I don't really care, mate. Take it anywhere you want. Take one to Darwin. Take it up. Take it down to Tassie. Who cares? Just as long as there's three games a year we can watch. Don't take it to Townsville. (laughs) I'll never get out of there alive, mate. (laughs) No, you're right. Do you think the idea of having it all condensed into four weeks for Origin or back to the regular programming of every like one every three weeks in the middle of the season? Look, I think they. I think the series last year where they had the the Wednesday Sunday Wednesday. Yeah, I think that that limited the um, the problems with player fatigue. Um, taking it to the neutral site in the middle game is probably a better idea. Yeah. Um, because then you've got a Sunday night in a Melbourne rather than a Wednesday night in Melbourne. Yeah. I don't know whether that makes any difference, whatever. But look, well, I still think it, it needs. Up the Union RDOs. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and even if it doesn't, mate, you can always chuck a sickie, but just don't get on the telly. 
But the <laughs> um, look, the, the the it has to be in the middle of the year. It still has it has to go back, and I think they've already flagged that it's going to go back to the middle of the year. Yeah, now uh, Volandis Volandis said I think. They also called it down to a ratings thing too. Not many people watched it because I think a lot of people clocked off after the grand final, which is fair. Longer year. Usually this is the point for international Mate, football. Look, but look why don't, don't we – look, let's talk about the elephant in the fucking room. It's not the, it's not the timing. It's not the contest. Oh. It's the coverage. The coverage yeah. is fucking atrocious. Yeah, yeah. And if we- they got decent coverage – they would get more people to watch it. No, you're right. I, I agree fully. With, yeah, I, I, I'm I still thinking that Fox will take over completely within the next five to six years. And just fuck James Hooper off, though. <laughs> yeah. That bald head prick could fuck off. Sorry, Sparky. <laughs> I don't care, mate. He's not my mate. No, he's one of your brethren. He's not my mate. Look, yeah, look, you know, uh, the Fox coverage is far superior, but – People shouldn't have to pay to watch yeah. Origin. I, I, I think it, it should be free. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So, ha- so all you need to do really is just the pre-game com- and the commentary and the post-game just needs to be some better, more talented people. They really need um, to rejig it to the point where they just – I reckon they just throw, throw out everything and just start again. Because it's similar to – we were talking a couple of weeks ago about this, Coombs and I, and it's – Sort of similar to how Channel 7's now got the cricket, Channel 9's got the tennis. Like, they've sort of – everything seems a little bit fresher and different. But with – like, I don't know if that – I don't – yeah, but yeah, well, if we don't – I just don't know if that would be the same if, like, Channel 10 took over the football because it's like how many of the new Channel 9 personalities would go across. Like, Look, the top, I don't know. The top, three, the top three callers in the game right now work for Fox. Andrew Voss, Warren Smith, and Dan Ganane. Like, they're the top three callers of our rugby league in the country. Sure. And they're all on Fox. Rabs, Rabs didn't know who anyone was the other for these three games. He, he, he kept mixing fair, up Gay Guy and fucking Valentine. That's how bad it was. To, to be fair, too, racist. he was... <laughs> yeah. He was calling it... He was calling the game on a television set in Sydney, by the way. So you got to give him a little bit of... He was doing whatever, the, but he, he was is doing still, that at the ground. Yeah, and look, Rabs, Gus, Gus was in his pe- Panthers pe- yeah. um, pajamas at home. Yeah, Gus. Look, Gus took game two off because he obviously got he obviously got uh, the riot act read to him from Channel Nine hierarchy after game one, and apparently Twitter was alive with all sorts of anti-Gus sentiment, which is fair enough because Gus is a shithead, but. You know the coverage itself. The, the, there's there's no there's no critical analysis. Look, the only one on there that I actually don't mind listening to is Joey. Funnily enough, yeah, no, um, I, I agree. J, you know, JT can't string two words together. You know, Lockie can't talk at all. Um, I mean, Wally's nearly you know seven hundred years old. Fatty's too bloody. Fatty's is too much like Fatty. He just needs to be on a comedy show. Like he's a funny bastard, but you know he doesn't get to give you. He's not going to give you coverage. Sammy T just tried to slip jokes in where there doesn't need to be jokes. You know, the, the Fox team have got Cooper Cronk who – like nobody can break down a game like Cooper Cronk. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got Mickey Ennis. Mickey Ennis is quite good at that too. And I love I love just how passionate Mickey is about the game. You can tell how much Mickey loves it just by listening to the way he talks. And he's very yeah. – I think they're very fair. Yeah, and his best mate's with Corey Parker. And so that dynamic's really fucking fun to watch on the TV. And yeah. Um, you know, I just think that that sort of coverage leading into the game and then of the game and then after the game would definitely help with the ratings. But you can't, like I said, make people pay to watch Origin. So how Fox would do that, I don't know, maybe make the fucking NRL, maybe make the Foxtel go out free for a day or some shit. Who knows? Well, we were still – we discussed this over a few years at the start of the year, just – the NRL just need to develop it similar to like the Premier League and just have the rights for it and just stream it out. Like, well, they've already got that. The NRL app is already Elstra. out there. Yeah, it's but Elstra. but I think going full like have a studio similar to what Fox has, but just take the rights completely off like an outside source and just do it all in house. Well, I know that's a, probably a big. Yeah, exactly right. But it's easy enough to generate that cash. Like we were talking about it, like. 20 bucks a month and however many people watch it. I can't remember the numbers we ran, but it would work. It would work if the time was put in and actual original content was made up. Like I reckon you could do it. 
Yeah. Yeah, you definitely could do it. You definitely could do it. Look, at the end of the day, mate, those questions will be answered next year. Um, it's been a good year. We're, NRL was ahead of the pack worldwide with getting sport back on after this outbreak stuff and the Australian public have done a great job. So, Pat, you know, pat yourself on the back, mate. You, you did a good job, Coombsy. Thanks for locking yourself <laughs> yeah. down for eight months, mate. You're good. Oh, mate. I knew that was going cool. somewhere. Hey. <laughs> You look like you've been locked. You look like you've been locked down for eight months too. To be honest, like I'll get to come up home in a couple of weeks and I'll spread that virus and start licking poles and everything. (laughs) Icy poles, hey, icy poles. (laughs) Look, and and boys, you know I love a stat, so I'll leave you with something. Um, Good. You might want. You might have thought that uh, you know the series was pretty bloody close, and and it was if you look at the stats. Total runs in game one, 220 to New South Wales, 217 to Queensland. In game two, 199 to New South Wales, 151 to Queensland. So a lot less work in New South Wales, like we talk about the slower field, etc. And then back in, in at Suncourt, 199 Queensland, 195 New South Wales. Very close, those two games that Queensland won. And so there's just little bits in there that that make the difference. And and the, the total tackles is interesting too. So whilst Queensland only had more, four more runs in game three, New South Wales made 40 more tackles. So what that tells you is Queensland were breaking more tackles and getting requiring New South Wales to get more bodies in tackles. Yeah. So, you know, that's where sometimes the stats don't tell the whole picture. They, they give you a bit of an idea, but then you've got to fucking break it down a bit further. So look, kudos to, to Queensland. They played really well. Wayne's a fucking legend. <laughs> you know, every now and again, you know, we, we every now and again we don't like Wayne. He talks some shit sometimes, but come on, he's a he's a fucking his yeah. uncle Wayne. There with one of his uncle Wayne. We love him, Uncle Wayne. <laughs> Sparky, thank you again for coming on, mate. We might actually wrap the show up now. Um, so yeah. thanks. Thanks again to everyone that has been listening. Go subscribe on Apple, Spotify. Uh, last five days of Movember, Sparky, you don't have a Mo, but you have a luscious beard, so that's fine. Um, we'll put up some shots on our Insta, I think, won't we, Coomsey? Yeah, we'll do one. I might get out in the Speedos, look like Mark Spitz again. Fuck's sake. And um, I'll leave it <laughs> with looked- another entertaining Sean Marsh fact yeah. as of still morning. Sean Marsh <laughs> was, became the 19th Australian to score a century on test debut in 2011 against Sri Lanka in Galway. Oh, very good. That's actually a Mate, fun, fun. you, you got to be a handy cricketer to score a century, century in Sri Lanka too. Holy That's shit. That's what I'm saying. It's a dirt, so Mate, it's a goat track. It's an absolute yeah. goat track. Uh Fantastic start to finish it off, mate. Uh, thanks again to everybody that's been listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, say goodbye, Sparky. Ciao. See you, boys. Love your work. Say goodbye, Nathan. See you, mate. Chat next week. Yep, sounds good. See you later, guys.
I've done now spinning my life all around the soul Well, what if tomorrow was never to come? Well, I can tell you now about heaps of fun Like a super thousand, never thousand, watch you feel it So sick and tired of what they've been dealing You know 